I want to take a break and talk about my story because I didn't just end up here and I didn't just magically end up at the, the school of Murabat al-Hajj, the Mahdara of Murabat al-Hajj. So I want to talk about a little bit about my journey. My mother is a convert to Islam. She comes from an Irish Catholic background. Her fourth great-grandfather came from Ireland to the U.S. Um, during the potato famine. Um, he moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi. He was actually a Confederate soldier. It's not something we're proud of, but it is something that is part of our history. So they're from Mississippi. Um, and he, he raised his family. His, his, his sons were actually uh, in a cave when Ulysses S. Grant was bombing the city because they had to control Vicksburg, Mississippi to be able to win the Civil War. Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Ibrahim, who I say, you know, if he was Muslim, he was Hanafi, right? Because of his beard style. Uh, but <clears throat> he said, that's the jewel of the South, and we cannot win the Confederate War until we get that, uh, that battle, uh, that city. Ulysses S. Grant was bombing the, the, the city, um, and a lot of the people hid in caves within, uh, within Vicksburg uh, to survive. So my third great-grandfather on my mother's side is from there. We also have other fa uh, family members uh, who were in different parts of the South, the Southern United States. My father is from Jordan. And uh, my parents met on a, uh, on a, uh, a protest, a picket line in Jackson, Mississippi. My mother was, was part of uh, the migrant farmers' uh, work, workers' rights. Uh, so without going into all that detail, I just wanted to give a little bit of background <clears throat> of where they're coming from. My mother being uh, Irish Catholic, she became Muslim, alhamdulillah, after, after marriage. Uh, but she brings to her, uh, to, to, to the family, that element of, of, of the Christian tradition in terms of, you know, we don't know how much of 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 the of the ahlul kitab is is embedded within our cultures within our societies you take you take somebody who may be born muslim indo pak background from the uk but there's a difference between somebody who was raised in the uk and somebody who was raised in pakistan or india or bangladesh so how much of the traditions of ahlul kitab that do not contradict with our deen are embedded within our culture so those are things that we have to look for our outlooks our thoughts our our even our akhlaq um, a lot of our akhlaq, and this is something I'll talk about at the end, our akhlaq is, um, is, is solidified between the ages of three and five. So even if we're talking about tasawwuf and perfection of akhlaq, the majority of what you have in terms of your, your, your socialization happens between three or five. Who gave that to you? And understand where they came from. Uh, my father growing up, <clears throat> he was not opposed to tariqah. He was not supportive of tariqah. He, he himself, he didn't have tariqah, but he did talk about the awliya that he knew of in Jordan. And he, talk of, he, he spoke of them in a very endearing um, uh, way. It wasn't like, oh yeah, some of these Sufis over there. He talked about the Sufis, uh, the, the Sufiya that were in Salt uh, uh, Jordan, the stories that he heard as a kid growing up. During the Molid, we didn't have these huge celebrations, but he did do something. Uh, when we were in Jordan or here in the U.S., he made celebration for his kids. It wasn't like in the, the sense of a, of a thicket and going to a, a... So we had this we had this understanding that there are saints, there are awliya, uh, there is Molid, you know, we have that. Uh, again, we're not going to reduce tariqah to those things, but that's the background that, that where I came. Now, as I started practicing Islam, um, and one of the ways, uh, sorry, I, alhamdulillah, I was practicing Islam, but as my, my, my practice of Islam increased, especially during high school and definitely college years, I started doing different things. I, I grew a full beard. Um, at times, I actually wore a turban a lot. I started wearing a vest. Now, imagine me as a, you know, a fair-skinned person wearing a turban and have a beard and I have a vest. What do I look like to the average person? Um, and I didn't know that. I just said, I just, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to 
um, follow my deen. I want to wear a turban. I read the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wore a turban. I want to wear, he had a beard. I didn't wear, I didn't start growing a beard because somebody said, oh, it's fard and it's haram to, to grow the beard. I was at a talk uh, and one of my mentors was talking about the importance of the sunnah. And he was saying, you know, we should be proud of the sunnah and grow a beard. So I started growing a beard because the Prophet Sallallahu did it. Not because somebody came and said it's haram to shave the beard and, you know, it's wajib to grave, uh, grow the beard and so forth. <clears throat> so here I am sometimes wearing a turban, sometimes wearing a vest. Uh, and I just like the way vests look. But then I automatically got uh, uh, put into this camp of Sufis. One time I was at a restaurant and uh, somebody said, <clears throat> oh, um, I'm here to meet my friends. Do you know where they are? And so the waiter said, oh yeah, he's over there sitting by that Sufi. So he had called me a Sufi. I didn't even know what it meant. And I, and I didn't know. Um, I also liked wool jackets. A friend of mine gave me his. And I just liked the style of wool jackets. And if you look in, in the... At, um, uh, like the navy peacoat type thing. So I was wearing a peacoat, uh, a, a wool jacket. I remember one time having an interaction with a brother who had just recently come from Pakistan. And they said he was involved in, in the Pakistani military. So he had seen some things and so forth. So I remember him coming up to me and, and, and grabbing my jacket and saying, you know, the Dean is more than just this. And he started doing this with, with the wool on my jacket. And afterwards, I was like, what is he talking about? I just like the style of the wool jacket. But he associated having a wool jacket with being a Sufi. And because I was, I had a beard and a turban, automatically I was a Sufi. So all of these, these assumptions that people were main, making were projected onto me. I didn't know if somebody said, what is a Sufi? I wouldn't know. I didn't know at all. Uh, <clears throat> because people thought I was a Sufi or Sufi inclined, somebody invited me to a group dhikr. I'd never been to a group dhikr. Later on, I found out it was a Naqshbandi dhikr of, um, uh, I won't even say his name, but he was here in the Bay Area. Uh, the, the Bay Area leaders actually chased him out of the area because of his um, Islamophobia, really, and working with the U.S. government to, in, in, a, in a negative fashion. In any case, <clears throat> I went to this dhikr, and the first thing I saw is they have pictures of their shiuch, and they're doing the dhikr towards their pictures, which later I find that some of the Naqshbandis have tasawwur al-shaykh and so forth. Oh, so I get it, but at the first time I'm like, what is that? And then when they do salawat, they actually include their shaykh's name in the salawat. So all of these things were just like, I had never you know, experienced this. And then they started their dhikr and they started moving and jumping. And <clears throat> it was very, very shocking to me. But afterwards a brother came up to me and he said, uh, and mind you, I'm about 18 at this point, um, still relatively young. So he, he asked me, he said, you know, you might have seen a lot of things here that you don't necessarily agree with. But look, when you go to Mauritania, because I had already decided to go to Mauritania, they're all Sufis over there. They all have tariqah. And you're most probably going to become Tijani. So now, again, even though I had some, some, some things that I had rejected that I had seen there, I trusted the shiuch that I was going to. And that's a different story of how I got in that process of, of wanting to go study with Murabat al-Hajj. But <clears throat> I was more, I was accepting. I was like, mm, okay, you know. So long story short, I actually, on the way to Mauritania, I get stuck in France because of a visa issue. I end up staying 12 days in France. One of the first places that I go is to a masjid. And it happens to be the, the markas of the tablir uh, in, in, in France, the markas of Saint-Denis. I get kicked out of the masjid because I'm not... Uh, from the tablighi jama'ah. In fact, I asked him, I said, why are you kicking me out? He said, you're not fi sabilillah. Literally, those were the words uh, that he used. You are not fi sabilillah. And I said, isn't it in Riyadh al-Salihin, which is a book that very commonly used in the tablighi jama'ah. Uh, and, and mind you, again, I have 
there's a lot of great works that the, the Tablighi Jama'ah has done. I'm just sharing with you my experience at that time. Later on, when the regular Imam actually came back to the Masjid, every time we came back, Sheikh Yunus would always host us and give us special uh, treatment. But whoever was in charge at the time <clears throat> kicked us out, and I guess they forgot one of the six points of the Tablighi Jama'ah is Ikram al Muslimin. <clears throat> but during the time, <clears throat> that person who kicked me out, he said, so you're going to Mauritania. I said, yeah. He said, uh, are you going to join the Tariqah? I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a Tijani. Now, again, I didn't know what Tijani meant. I just remember that conversation from the, the Naqshbandi Hadra that I had participated in or was present in. Um, <clears throat> um, but I just want to present to you how I'm going into this situation blind. I don't know what Tasawwuf is. I don't know the definition. I don't know what is a Sufi, what is not a Sufi. I've already been lumped into the category of a Sufi because of a wool coat and a jacket and a beard and a vest. Um, somebody told me I'm going to be Tijani. I, accept, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to more. I'd never studied Maliki Fiqh, but I said, if these, I chose to go to Mauritania because of the stories of the people that I heard and the men that I saw who came from Mauritania, Sheikh Khatri Wal Bayba, the brother-in-law of Murabat al-Hajj, and Sheikh Abdullah Wal Ahmadna, the grandson of Murabat al-Hajj. When I saw those men, I said, I want to go where they came from. I want to be next to them. I didn't go to Mauritania to study the Maliki school. I didn't go to study fiqh. I didn't go to study tasawuf. I didn't go to join the tariqah. I went for suhba of those men because I saw something in them. I said, they're different, and I want to be close to them. And if that's part of the package that I'm Maliki and that, you know, uh, I, I pray with my hands down and I join up Tijani Tariqa because that's their Tariqa. <coughs> I'll do that. So I go to Mauritania. Now, 